0: 303 in the songs of faith book i ain't gonna sing it but i was thinking about my message here and where we left off this morning and i looked down and on the page 303 as we were singing that song and the song is called cleanse me and i asked sam to play it i was trying to see if i knew it and looking there in second samuel 12 verse 13 We ended this morning where David said, and David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. And I looked over into on that song, page 303 in the Songs of Faith book, and that song is called Cleanse Me. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me. Oh, Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. And you know, David, he is experiencing this this, uh, kind of blow of truth from Nathan the prophet. And I believe he says, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And we're so quick to just... Well, David repented and go on, but you realize all that David had done, all the sins, all the all the wrong and all the, the wickedness in David's life, were so quick to just, oh, well, David sinned and we move on. But to look back and think of all the things David had done wrong. And then the word says, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. He puts it away. In essence, he cleanses him. Search me, O God. And we see David in the Psalms. Pray and sing, Search me. Psalm 139. Look over Psalm 139. Thank you, Sam. Verse 23, he said. Yet, yeah, Psalm 139, verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts. And see, verse 24, if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the, in the way everlasting. You know, isn't that so true, David? That very psalm maybe a, a, a song or a lesson learned from this incident, this situation with Nathan. He realizes and sees his sin, and then he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Know me, show me the things that are wrong inside of me. Thankfully, the forgiveness of God we see there in verse 13, the last part, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Praise God for that. Thou shalt not die. The realization of sin, David sees that. We see finally the repentance of the king. The king begins to get right for his wrongdoing. He realizes his sin. Man, can you imagine what David must have, what that scene must have been like. Nathan's there preaching to him, telling him he's done wrong. And he realizes he's the one that's wrong. Could you imagine the scene of the king saying, I've sinned against the Lord? This is a man after God's own heart. I've sinned against the Lord. I've angered God. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. But look at verse 14. The realization of cost now those that were here in the early messages in this series you remember me talking about the birth of death the birth of death he his sin conceived with Bathsheba was the birth of death now this is where this that birth of death unfolds in verse 14 it says how be it because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme there's a lot there we're going to come back to that in just a second the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. The birth of death, the conception of that child with Bathsheba would die as a result of David's sin. Now, regardless of the, uh, the, the things we see, we see David this morning, he would have no peace due to his violence. He would have no normal home because of the homes he's corrupted. He would have no discretion of his sins because of him, him trying to hide his sin. The greatest price that David would pay would be that little baby boy that Bathsheba was carrying would die. And how sad that is that our sin and our ungodliness could, be, uh, um, could, could play out in the harm of another. You say, well, how can God be a just God and take the life of that child? I can't explain to you. I can't tell you. Uh, uh, I don't have the mind of God. I don't understand. But the reality is, is that God was angry with David. And although that little child, that little baby, it didn't have uh, anything to do with this. That child would be taken from David. Why? Because he says, This deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The thing is, is when we sin, we bring reproach upon the name of the Lord. And that's what's so unfortunate about sin. And we live in this world it's just willy-nilly and do as you please and do as you want. The church is just willy-nilly, do as you please, live as, do what you want to do, that's fine. But it brings reproach on the name of the Lord. I remember when I would get in trouble growing up, Man, I'd just get home. I'd soon take a beating and get a talking. Amen. I mean, just just beat me black and blue. And I, you know, I got a little bit bigger, and the beating ceased. And Dad reminded me, it's not because he couldn't do it. I mean, he he still reminds me today. He he could do it. So the reality is, it wasn't because he couldn't do it. It was because I knew better. And he was more disappointed than anything. The rod of correction, it it, it, it changes, from what I'm told and my experiences. I'd get older and dad'd say, son, I'm disappointed in you. And I'm like, I'll take a belt, I'll take a paint stirrer, I'll take a fly swatter. Whatever you beat me with in the past, just do it. Just do it. This ain't popular preaching. This ain't this DSS be all over this. That's okay. They need to get right. Anyway, I hated hearing. I'm disappointed, son. And I hated hearing. You know what unfortunately happens when you do wrong, son, is you make yourself look bad. And not only do you make yourself look bad, but you drag our name through the mud. Oh, man, what a blessing. And not only do you make our family look bad when you've done this, you bring the name of the Lord and you bring reproach on the name of the Lord. I straightened up after hearing all that. I'm like, man... That's a lot of weight in my bad decisions. That's David. That's what what Nathan is telling David through uh, and by the direction of the Lord. He's telling David, your sin caused great occasion for for the enemies of God to blaspheme him, to to, to mock the Lord because of your choices. They have allowed people to mock the Lord, and God is angry about that. What a shame it is. Man, this thing just just never ends. You say, this kind of, it starts to feel unfair. No. David kept living in sin. I mean, close to a year, over a year maybe, right around that period of time, he's lived in his sin. He's, he's shunned the Lord. He's ran away from God. And he's just reaping what he sowed. And so, he says, the enemies, this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. The birth of death. The realization of the cost of his sin. And then the reaping of his sin, verse 15. And Nathan departed unto his home, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. Now, I think it's interesting what that verse says. What does it say there? Uh, I'm going to read it one more time. And Nathan departed into the house, and the Lord struck the child that what? Whose wife? Uriah's wife. he, He doesn't say, David, your child. And it was David's child. But that was another man's wife carrying his child. He's reminded of his sin. He realizes his sin, and he's reaping this, what he's sown in his sin. Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. And therefore David sought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night up on the earth. Now we start to see David shift and start to change. We start to see some of those things David had put in a closet and put away a long time ago. We start to see those things come out. Verse 17, And the elders of his house arose and went to him and raised him up from the earth, but he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servants of David learned to tell him that, this, that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? He's reaping this sin, but what do we see there in verse 16? We see David. first David therefore besought God. He hadn't besought God uh, until back before he saw Bathsheba. He besought God. Lord, I'm coming to you and I'm praying again to you. I'm praying on behalf of this little baby. Now he had been told by Nathan that this baby would die and, and he, I'm sure he had no doubt in his mind because God uh, he's not an author of confusion. He's not going to lie to you. But he knew that child would die but yet he went and he besought God. Lord I'm coming to you. I know I may not be able to uh, change the outcome of this situation but I'm just praying Lord hear me. Hear, search me. Cleanse me. Hearken into my voice. Hear what I'm saying on behalf of this little child. So he, he reaches out and he besought God and he prays the Lord and then it says and David fasted. Uh, when we fast and we do away with something, we're trying to gain audience with God. We're trying to get God to hear us uh, by us showing that we're willing to put something aside and put something away. David's starting to get back on track on the things David needed to be doing to be in his close relationship to the Lord. So David fasts and he puts away uh, those things and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, neither did he eat bread with him. I mean, he's, just, he's committed to it. He's laid out. He's grieving. He's crying. He's praying. He's fasting. He's doing all these things, and he wouldn't take food. And then they say in the next verse, My goodness, what's he going to do when we go tell him that this child's died? I mean, he's, he is messed up. What's, what's he going to do when he finds out this child has died? Verse 19. But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. You know, it's funny, we forget that this is a true story sometimes. We, we take for granted and we forget that this really happened. And you know, even today, you know, you get to know people well enough, you can just see the look on their face. Man, they're upset. They're hiding something from me. You married to somebody long enough, you lived with somebody long enough, you'd start knowing. I better keep my mouth shut this morning. But Scotty said, I'm gonna walk to the truck and I'm gonna leave and I ain't gonna say a word. Cause I can see that look, not Miss Judy. (laughs) But you know, you you get to know people well enough. These were his servants. You also, the more you deal with people, the more you can pick up context clues. There's one learned in school. I, I used my education. You could pick up clues about things. David saw these servants and he just knew his child was dead. Look at this. This is amazing. And this is something I can't necessarily explain. I'm just preaching to you what the Bible says. David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they say, He is dead. This is the worship what we'll see here as we finish, the worship and the redemption of the king. He is dead. Verse 20. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the, into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Man, it's really changed. You would think that you take care of yourself before a death. And you grieve and you fast after a death. But David tried to pray and he besought the Lord and he did what he knew how to do. He he got his tools that he knew he had as a Christian and he tried to use them and he tried to gain audience with God. And and, and I believe God hears, but God had already determined that that child would die. But after that child died, he got up from it. He said, You know what? I miss this child, and we'll see this in just a moment. He's grieved for this child, but he knows he's got to get up because he, hey, he has victory. Because his sin, his sin was cast away. His sin was put away by God. And that's one thing that's hard to, it's hard to understand. How can he have victory in his worship here? And he just lost that child. We'll see in just a few moments. He had victory in his worship. Now, let's read on through these next few verses. Then said to his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? What David has said is, we see in verse 20, David has victory in his worship. He says, I, I'm, I'm going to get up. I can't change anything. I can't change the mistakes of my past. I can't undo what I've done. But praise God, I've been forgiven, and I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to live as I lived before. And that's got to be one of the hardest things to do. I can't say I've walked through that, the loss of that child. But I'm going to tell you tonight what we can learn from, uh, from 2 Samuel chapter number 12 in the life of David is that he had done some wicked things. Uh, your preacher was running him down a little bit a, couple, a week or two ago because uh, you look at what he's done, and it was wicked. It was Evil. He deserved death. Uh, but just like you and I, when we sin and we do wrong, we're going to pay the price for some of these sins. We're going to reap what we sow. There's going to be things in our life that are going to happen that we cannot control. David, he lost his his family. He lost his home. He lost uh, his children. You'll find as you study on. He lost the peace that he had in his life. He lost this baby that 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 Bathsheba was carrying. But he said, I've got to get up and I've got to go because I've been forgiven. And that is the way you gain victory in your life over your sin is you take it to the cross, you lay it down, you realize that the blood of Christ has been shed for it and you get up and you go on. And you say, well, this has happened, and this has happened, and this is a result, and this has happened. Just like David, hey, you have no control over those, those uh, things that will fall out, those things that will happen, those difficulties that will arise because of your sin. Those consequences you will have to pay on this earth because this is the closest to hell you will ever get. I mean, that's just the truth. You see, you see lost people, they just live life, and it is like nothing bad can ever happen to them. They have money, they got cars, they got houses, they got this, they got that, they got boats, they got this, they have this new thing, this thing, this new thing, this, that. They have all the things in the world, but they are headed to a hell where they will repay for eternity all the wickedness and ungodliness in their life. The life of a Christian that sins, this is the only place we have that God can deal with us for the wrong that we've done. And that's what we see in the. David is reaping what he sown. But he says, I'm going to gain victory through my worship. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to lose this son. And I'm going to get up, and that house ain't going to be mine anymore. And I'm going to get up, and those wives ain't going to be mine anymore. And I'm going to get up, and the things of mine, my own dog ain't going to be mine anymore. But I'm going to praise the Lord because I deserve much worse. He got victory in worship. You see people go through difficulties in life and some things they've caused them on it in our place to determine that they've caused it or they hadn't you see stuff happen to people and think well they did this and that's what that ain't our business that's god god's business but the thing is we see things happen to people and they have victory through it in the hardest times i think they probably got up and they worshiped like david He got up and he said, you know what? I've done wrong. I've sinned. I'm not going to let this define me for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to deal with some things. I'm going to have some scars. I'm going to have some difficulties. I mentioned this at Miss Norma Jean's funeral. You know, you get a good deep scar. That thing heals over. And every once in a while, I got one or two that will just itch. I don't know. It's like you do some nerve damage or something down deep. I mean, every once in a while, it just, my goodness, that thing's itching. You forget about it day to day, but you remember it. The devil brings that thing up. Oh, man, I can't get it. Shelby, help me out here. You know what I'm talking about? It's just simple, but hey, David, he's going to have some itches. He's going to have some difficulty down the road because he's going to get alone one day. Maybe down that valley, that Kidron Valley. Praise God, been preaching on that four months now. He's going to get in that Kidron Valley, and he's being that in that lonely tent. He had slept in the king's palace just months ago, and his son Absalom running amok up there in Jerusalem, and he's going to think, man, that itches. Man, I caused every bit of this because of Bathsheba. God don't think a thing about it because it's been put away, but he's reaping what he's sown. But he gets up and he worships, worships. That's like something people go through difficult things in their life, and they just run as far away from church as they can. Are you kidding? This is where we need to be we need to be the type of people when people sin and they go through difficulties in their life that we welcome them in and we say, hey, I know you sinned. Everybody in Tuxedo knows you sinned, but we love you and we're supporting you because we see you trying to have victory through worship. Now we don't pull them up here. I mean, you know, there's just some stuff. We don't make them a Sunday school teacher until they show they're living right. But I mean, let's not cast people out just because they've done wrong. Look at David. God welcomed David back in. God forgave him and he put away his sin. That's the kind of God I serve. These people that somebody sins and does wrong and they just, well, I don't want to ever see them at my church. That's foolishness. There ain't a bit of the spirit in any of that. I wouldn't want to darken the door of a church like that. God put it away. It's gone. Hey, will they disqualify this, disqualify that? They may have. But there's a place in church for sinners because there's a sinner standing before you today. You know what? David's still the king of Israel. There was no peace. He got kicked out of his own house. But he's still a king. And he was still God's man that he placed in there. Reaping what he saw. But he had victory and he worshipped. had victory and he worshipped. He had victory in his loss. This child died. And he got up and he ate. And the servants, verse 21, what thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. And when the child was dead, thou didst ride, rise and eat bread. You know, David was a man that, that knew he couldn't change what God had cast into reality. He couldn't change the fact that that little boy died. There wasn't no reason to fast, weep, pray, mourn, this, that, the other, and he does, but he realized that, it was, that he wasn't going to change it. Victory in his loss. Victory in heaven. This is beautiful here. Well, verse 22, and he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. Because he said, I'm trying to plead and get a hold of the Lord. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? He said, I was praying while there was still a chance. And verse 23, this is beautiful. This is his victory in heaven. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? He said, I can't change what's happened. I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And that's what we see, victory in heaven. See, that, that, there's, there's two things I see out of this. First thing is God loves these little babies, don't he? You see, and people I've heard people about this verse. Well, God's a cruel God. He took the life of a baby. I mean, I don't know the mind of God. I can't explain it. I don't understand. I don't believe that baby suffered a bit. And I believe that baby 100% was welcomed into the arms of God. Just like any of these children, the ones out society people kill for no reason in the womb, they're accepted right into the hand of God. But David knew. That baby drew its last breath. It it was over. He says, I I can't go. He can't come to me. But he says, I'll go to him. You know what's beautiful is when the sin of David was put away, cast away, thrown away, buried, done away with, torn apart, lit on fire, whatever. When it was put away, it was put away. And he had the promise of heaven because of forgiveness people believe, they don't don't believe in the New Testament this is all building up to a savior a man named Jesus of the lineage of David that would come, that would shed his blood that we might be saved for the promise of heaven, amen he had victory in heaven, he said hey, he's not coming back to me but I'm going to him that's another way people have peace you go to these funerals, people have no peace because they don't know Jesus that is the most heartbreaking thing A dear friend of mine passed away right after high school. And I remember going to that funeral. And I feel, Jeremy, the darkness and the wickedness around that place. I mean, it was just, it was evil. People have no peace because they have no promise and no victory in heaven. David said, I got victory in heaven. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to look up and know I'm going to see him again. And then, finally, victory in Solomon, verse 24. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. You notice the shift in the transition. Bathsheba was called Uriah's wife, and we see here, Bathsheba, his wife, David's wife, and went in unto her, and lay with her. And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. Kind of like old Job. Although Job, Job was a righteous and a just man and came upon a situation where the devil ran rampant in his life and he lost everything. But what happened to old Job? God restored to Job beyond what he had to begin with. And God restores to David a little boy named Solomon. Solomon would make some mistakes. The story of David and Solomon teaches me, and I believe we find and learn about generational temptations and generational curses. You see Solomon tempted by some of the same things his daddy was tempted with. I mean, it's just nature. It's bred into us. But he found victory in Solomon. God restored to him because of God's mercy, grace, and forgiveness. A man that caused a woman to be in adultery against her husband had a child with that woman had her husband killed lied ran away from God had hardness of the heart God restored to him a son that would be the next king what a beautiful picture we see victory in Solomon like I said Solomon's not perfect but he was a blessing to David and When that sin was forgiven, that verse, it says, a few verses back, it says, Uriah's wife, talking of Bathsheba. This verse, it says Bathsheba, his wife, referring to David as, as her husband. God cast that sin away. He didn't even remember it. It's gone. It's gone. You say, well, it wasn't right what David did. No, it wasn't right. But when God forgives, he forgives for good. Amen. When he forgives, he forgives for good. It's hard to imagine losing a child and being given another one and seeing that as a blessing. It's hard to imagine that. And I can't explain how that happened, how that works, nothing. But that's what happened in David's life. When a man loses himself, look at where we started. David is out at war, battling. Man after God's own heart. Look at all that's transpired in between. He went down an unnecessary road. Unnecessary. No reason for any of it. But thank God we serve a Savior that is faithful and just to forgive, merciful and graceful, long suffering, Sam. Long suffering. He's put up with me. He's long suffering. David, he wouldn't live with any peace anymore, his home would be a mess. He, all that he had done would be shown to all of Israel. His family chaos would be in the the tabloids of the day and everybody would know about what old David did. Scandal! Scandal! David, David and Absalom. Scandal! David and Bathsheba. Listen, 399, you can read about all the gossip going on in Jerusalem. But you know what? He had victory because of the forgiveness of God. When a man loses himself, the only way he can gain himself back. We build up this whole thing. When a man loses himself, the only way he can gain himself back is by the forgiveness of God. That's all I got. Anyone have any?